0: Purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ashes to ashes. Fun to funky. Oh, what a catch! Ben
1: oh, the catch. the band to go, and Harvison has done it. The, for four. the, goes in the yeah. 15, Australia
0: out
1: 60.
0: The Cricket Badger Ashes 2019 podcast brought to you in association with cricket 365. With your host James Butler, cricket three six five Zolly Fisher, and journalist Akash Shiva Subramanian.
1: Hello, everybody! Welcome to the first in our series of Ashes cricket badger podcast. You might have joined us through the World Cup, where we did the World Cup weekly, but we're back again. Throughout the five test match series, England against Australia. That little urn, the precious little urn, it's up for grabs, and Joe Root will be keen to get his fingers back on it. Currently in the hands of the Australian starter Edgebaston, listener myself, James, joined again by Ollie and Akash to take you through the series. First of all, thank you to Cricket365 for their association with this podcast. And let's introduce the two other voices on the show this week. Ollie, how are you? Yes, very good. Thank you, mate.
2: Excited for the first test at Edgbaston on Thursday. Obviously, it feels like the start of the second half of what is a hopefully magical summer of cricket for England fans. Obviously, we won the World Cup and now we're going into
1: this and, yeah, just can't wait to get the, get the series started I know the World Cup was huge wasn't it and you were there at that final which anybody listening to the podcast would have heard your excitement live from Lords but in many ways the Ashes is even that little bit more important isn't it with the history and everything uh, in my opinion yes Test cricket is obviously the purest and oldest form of the game and it's the oldest
2: cricket in rivalry out there obviously England v Australia yeah it's, it's absolutely massive and it would be huge not only to claim the World Cup but to have that earned back on English soil would be absolutely fantastic and it cap off a huge, huge summer and one that we all hope that we would have. And Akash, how are you? I'm doing good. First up for this one, because this is by far the, the most
3: challenging Ashes series for both sides, because both sides are apparently, I would say, in a transition period where they're figuring out things. So for the first time, it looks like a fair series.
1: And you, you like your Australians, don't you, Akash? So do you think they have a chance to break English hearts this summer?
3: More than I like Australians, I like the spirit. I like the spirit of not giving up. Even even uh, in the World Cup, we saw that they were down and out at many times, but they never gave up, or they never gave this opportunity to the other team to do to, to grasp the opportunity and uh, take the game by their own. So I think that's that's one good quality of the Australian team. I mean, there are a lot of bad qualities, with pledges and all of that, but this just is one good quality for them. And uh, this summer, they would want to prove a point or two.
1: A lot of people, are actually talking about this series as being weak batting lineups against strong bowling lineups. Would you adhere to that?
3: Well, I wouldn't say
1: weak batting lineups,
3: but I would say new batting lineups and uh, new players too. Uh, this is a perfect opportunity and a perfect platform for batsmen to perform and shine, and that's how batsmen are made. You, you can't say that they are good batsmen. I mean, we've seen good, goodest of, and best of batsmen fail in in the Ashes series. So I think this is the right platform for all of them to showcase what they have been doing in the domestic circuit. So I don't, I, I wouldn't say necessarily it's a weak. Backing lineup, it's, it's a inexperienced batting versus experienced bowling, which would be the right term for it. Well,
1: I think the England selectors, they're, they're reading the at cricket underscore badger Twitter feed. You can get in touch with our podcasts through that medium as well. But I've been saying, Ollie, right from the start of this, well, from the end of the World Cup, that Joe Root needs to bite the bullet, needs to go up to number three in the order to add a little bit of solidity to that top three that top three's been a problem for some time now for England. Alistair Cook, Andrew Strauss and uh, Jonathan Trott seemed like a long, long time ago. Do you think it's the right move for for Joe Root to move up to number three and to take it on the chin? I do, yeah. It's something that we've actually been
2: secretly planning for a while. and We've experimented with a few different players in number three. Um, and it hasn't really been working, but I think that unless there had been a huge, you know, standout candidate from what we've seen to bat at number three, then Root was always going to say, okay, look, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. You know, it's his job as captain to kind of set the tone and to take on that responsibility. I think he's uh, technically overall the best English batsman, and your best batsman should, in theory, bat at number three. So uh, yeah, I do think it's the right call. We'll see how early he gets into games. You know, w- what we're hoping is that we, we get an opening partnership that kind of surprise us and Root isn't coming in inside the first ten overs, but I guess we'll wait and see how that pans out. But for now, I
1: think it's a bold call, but the right call. I think it's a good message as well to send to the England dressing room, isn't it? That you know, I'm Joe Root. I'm probably the best batsman in here. You all know that I won a bat at number four, but for the team. I'm gonna to go to number three. I think that's a strong message for the captain to give. Oh yeah, of course. And that's what it's all about. Got to lead from the front. Like I say, lead by example. I mean he's, it
2: still feels like he's quite young, even though he's been around for such a long time. But he's he's twenty eight years old now, he's in the prime of his career. This would be a a huge thing for him if he could cement his place sort of as one of the one of the England greats if he were to have such a, a good series, having stepped up, played well at number three and, and obviously wraps up a bunch of runs and in, in turn skipper in his side to an Ash's success that would be mega for him I really hope obviously as a fellow Yorkshireman that
1: it, that it works out I think I first met Joe Root when he was about 16 and he looked about 11 and yeah. uh, he, he's He's kept that uh, trait all the way through. He's, he's, he's even dabbled with facial hair. I'm certainly hoping he has a very good summer this uh, this year. Akash, with Jason Roy, I've, I've had this theory with Jason Roy. That, I mean, i watched him in, in, on his debut against Ireland. It's a little bit of a bugbear of mine that England are picking Jason Roy purely on white ball form now we all know he's a fantastic player we've seen him play in these one day internationals and he's been absolutely superb but we also know that white ball cricket and test match cricket are almost like two separate sports these days the technique the stamina The mindset, everything that goes into a Test match is different to what goes into 50-over cricket and 2020 cricket. Against Ireland, I felt that Jason Roy was playing white ball cricket to a degree. He wasn't really leaving the ball alone. He was going at it away from his body, going at the ball hard. Now, that to me as an opener is a recipe for disaster. And I think with Root going up to number three, I was advocating that so that Jason Roy could come down to number four and have a little bit of protection from the new ball, bat at number four and be part of the middle order, where I think he could be quite damaging. Would you agree with that, Akash, or do you think he's got what it takes to be an opener? Uh, I think that uh, move has so many
3: elements to it. So let's be good. If he's the opener, then he would have to face uh, Starr, Wood, and go, which would not be easy for him. And if he comes at number four, He has the difficult task of uh, dislodging Nathan Lyon. We know that Nathan Lyon looks so friendly, but on a pitch where it uh, favors him, he's the most deadliest Australian bowler that has been in the last three years that we've seen. That's going to be an interesting contest. Does he take it to Nathan Lyon and hit him for boundaries, or does he stay calm? Because we've seen Jason Roy uh, stay calm and then. Uh, play a protective innings or, or play a defensive innings so that's a, a gamble that they have taken on his uh, limited over form and they just want to take his limited over form and then build on with, with the longest format which is a risky move but if it pays off it's good for England and if it does not again it, it makes the headline so I think the only time will tell us that if he's good not and uh, certainly if he's an opener, I think he can do damage because we've seen openers in the past, like within the Seva, who can sum and just stroke it from the first ball. We can bring back a model like that, but
1: I, I don't know if England would risk that. To me, the... Two teams have got different problems in their batting. Australia's strength is in their top three or top three and four. England's strength is actually further down in the middle order, isn't it? It's going to be interesting to see how the series pans out in that respect, Akash. Yes,
3: yeah, certainly. Australia has been a uh, heavy, heavy, and a dominant uh, top order lineup, and they, they've been for the longest time. One thing that would be determinant would be that uh, if Tim Payne is in form, or if he manages to play out over 50 or 100 deliveries, then there would there'd be serious questions over him and his place in the, in the lineup because uh, you also see uh, other wicket keepers You see Matthew Wade. Matthew Wade has been in sensational form in the domestic format. So will they take that gamble and then will they remove him from the captaincy if they have to? I think this series is the test for Tim Payne and to actually prove that he is not only an able wicketkeeper, an able captain, but also a good batsman because I think the wicket keepers are also pick to play certain over so if he manages to do that 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 would be the test and if he does it I think he we wouldn't see him in the
1: long term. The Cricket Badger podcast is brought to you in association with Cricket365.com, their ethos. We love cricket and want to make the world love it as much as we do. Join them at Cricket365.com. Thank you very much to them for their support of the Cricket Badger podcast. What about you, Ollie, on the Jason Roy situation? Are you happy for him to open or you would you prefer, like me, to see him down at number four? I, I am happy. I'm happy with him opening because I, I feel like I feel like the idea of sort of ha-
2: having an opener who is perhaps a little bit more flexible in their stroke play is can only be a benefit for us. I'd feel a lot more scared if we were going into it with two openers that just tend to sort of prod and poke because I feel like with Pat Cummins and obviously Mitchell Starc that that's where they'd be in their element is when they're able to run in, swing the ball, and and have batsmen on the on the back foot. I think Roy obviously he's going to be scrutinised very heavily having only paid, played in, in that one test. I think obviously in the first innings we, we saw what the potential shortcomings may be in terms of his sometimes reckless stroke play, but I think in the second innings we kind of saw a bit more of what he can be about. It's about, it's about picking but his battles. He wasn't opening in the second innings though, was he? He wasn't up that's, against that first 10 overs. Yeah, that's a valid point. That is a valid point. I still feel like England in general are heading into this series with a bunch of round pegs to try and put in square holes uh, and it doesn't feel like we've sort of had an obvious 11. Um, and you know, pundits have been disagreeing disagree- across the board uh, about about who to put where. Overall, I just feel comfortable with Jason Roy opening for whatever reason. I think our mantra across all forms really has tended to be um, to to try and be aggressive and try and play our cricket white or red ball on the front foot. So why why should we change that? Especially off the back of albeit it was a World Cup, but why not let's 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 stick with it and try and wrestle the momentum early in the series. And the best way to do that is through a good opening stand.
1: I'm worried about. it. I, like, I have to be honest I, I'm worried okay. about it It works in one day cricket Because we've got the players in, in, in the white ball cricket Where the white ball Doesn't really move around Too much does it So your likes of Jason Roy, your, your Johnny Bersos, your Josh butlers they can clear that front leg, they can play all their attacking shots, they can do all of their damage, but Test Match cricket is a completely different beast, and with that red ball moving around, I've just got this horrible fear that Jason Roy, having a bit of a waft in the drive outside his off stump is exactly what Hazelwood and Stark and Cummings will want him to be doing. I think they'll, their eyes will light up when they see him walking out as the opener. And just just to go on, to I don't know if you saw the Nasser Hussein reaction on the, during the Test Match against Ireland, where he pretty much, well, tore what was left of his his hair out and said, Why can't we just dig in? Our reaction to losing a couple of wickets is to try and hit ourselves out of bother, and it doesn't always work. There are, it's a five day test match that was a four day test match, obviously, against Ireland, but these are going to be five day test matches against Australia. And there is an argument to say if it's actually tough, you dig in, you grit your teeth, you don't give your wicket away. And then you live to fight later on and to prosper later on. But we seem to just want to get everything done over and done with really quickly. And that it's a strategy that doesn't always work for us, Ollie. Uh, possibly not. I can
2: kind of understand what he's saying. Uh, obviously, especially the teams that he played in, you, you kind of think that the thing we were lacking is a bit of backbones and a little bit of resilience and a bit of application. And we don't really know how this series is going to play out either. I'm not really basing anything off that, off the that Ireland test, but I do feel like if we if we lose, you know, one or two early wickets and you do choose to to dig in. Um, and to just try and along at one or two and over. The scoreboard's not really moving, so then you become kind of a standing target. And next thing you know, we might might have batted for 15 overs and we're 30 for three. But there is obviously the flip side to that. If you go out and we try, as you say, hit ourselves out of trouble, then you could argue we're opening ourselves up for even more damage. So it's a dilemma that, that Australia will probably be facing as well because you say the strength is in the top of their order, so they really can't afford to lose wickets at the top end early on. Otherwise, I think we'll see some pretty low scores from them but in terms of England's point of view you know with the with the holes that we have at the top of the order we we're gonna have to find the balance somewhere and and dig in where needed probably on what the pitch dictates and what the conditions dictate you know if, if there comes the right time to to be aggressive and open up a little bit and try and tick the scoreboard along just to give Australia something to think about in the field then I think you know that's that's got to be Root's call as well.
1: I'd like to see a balance, attack for England, where we, we've obviously got the hitters, we've got the Stokes, we've got the Butlers, we've got the Bearstows. even Root likes to go along at a fair a fair lick, even though he's the glue in 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 all formats for England. But there's still a still a, a a need in test cricket to have somebody who is just prepared to be fairly boring hold at one end be the guy that's the backbone of the innings play the anchor role and let the rest of them bat around him England don't seem to have that at the moment Akash it's not just England
3: I think most of the sides uh, in the world does not have a batsman like that Uh, one side I would say that who has a batsman like that is India and that's Pujara Pujara seems to both hell out of bowlers and the the ball just can't figure out its shape anymore. I don't think it's just uh, English side or Australian side problem, but it's most of the side problem in modern day cricket, and that's how it is. It we don't find the boring batsmen exciting anymore, so it's kind of how Test Matches has evolved, and uh, that's why we we're looking at this, and and uh, the Test Championship is also because of how boring. People think that Test matches are and which is absolutely not true.
1: Akash, let's look at the bowling lineups for both sides. Who do you think has got the strongest seam attack? Both are very good, but which is the better? I think by form and uh, by the looks, I think
3: Australian bowling seems to be a little, little more experienced. But on on the day, I think James Anderson, Sampras, they're all capable of, of picking wickets left, right, and centre. So. It's going to be a fair contest and a tight contest. But I think Australian team is more experienced. I think that Josh Hazel would, would be the key because his his lines are very tough to pick. Uh, and for a batsman like Jason Roy, who doesn't move too much in the crease, it's going to be a tough time for him.
1: He don't get much more experience than Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson, though, I you.
3: That's true. But then uh, are they going to play all the matches? Are they going to fit in all sides? That, that's going to be the question. That if, if they do... And if they do start, and then they they will they, say batted out by the Australian team, then what is Plan B? Who's the next uh, bowler? Do they go into Crash or who's who's not experienced, or not definitely not experienced in Test match cricket? and give him the bowling. or uh, that's, that's going to be the issue for the uh, English bowlers. If they don't pick wickets in the top of, say, of 10 or 20 overs, it's going to be tough for them to then crawl back and then pick it. So that's one area I think where Australia with Nathan Lane has this experience and the edge, which I think would favour them in a match.
1: We saw in the World Cup, Ollie, that Jofra Archer was that little bit of pixie dust, wasn't he? The little bit of magic that gave England... A little bit extra to take him through to the trophy. Do you think he's going to be the same in the Ashes? I
2: really hope so.
1: Obviously, he's he's a young lad who is absolutely on top of the
2: world right now after what happened with the World Cup, like you mentioned. Do I think he'll play in all five Tests? I don't. I actually haven't got him in my 11 for the first Test, but I really think that he's going to have a say. The thing with England's bone attack and obviously with Australia's as well, is that there's going to be at least one good seamer, if not two, misses out each game. So every player that's in the eleven for each test is going to have to earn their spot and keep their spot on merit. Archer, I just think that because of the way that he bowls and because of his confidence levels at the moment, if he gets in for that second test, let's say, then he's going to keep his place. So yeah, I think he's going to have a big say. And hopefully establish himself as uh, constant in England's Test eleven for, for years to come.
1: I was reading somewhere as well that you know Australia is similar in that respect aren't they that Stark and Hazelwood and A and other I can't remember who it was now were fighting for, the, for one place in the Australian team. It, it seems ridiculous <laughs> having seen what Stark did in the World Cup that he, he might not be one of the first names on that team sheet for Australia but in, in Red Bull cricket he hasn't always been at his best has he? He hasn't. Um, it's quite interesting that you're saying about
2: the, the white ball and uh, how it tends to move less. For whatever reason, Stark despite being so, so good with the white ball, he hasn't always managed to get his, his line, his length and his movement right with the red ball. I think he'd probably prefer bowling. I'm assuming they're using the Duke still over here. So I think he'll prefer bowling with Axe because obviously it's got a more profound seam, so that might be good for him. But yeah, obviously there's rumours that there's only really Cummins who's the absolute lock to play at the moment. And uh, obviously then you've got Stark, Hazelwood, Pattinson, Skiddle, you know, who's had experience in Ashes series in the past and then You've got someone as well like Michael Nader, who was perhaps a bit of a surprise inclusion in the squad. He's going to be knocking on the door if, let's say, the first couple of tests don't go Australia's way. So, yeah, there's similar dilemmas for both sides, but it does seem a bit mental that someone like Stark could miss out.
1: Who would be in your lineup for Australia, Akash? Would you would you play Stark or would you go a different route? Uh, certainly, pick Stark. I would uh, pick Stark. I would pick uh, the choice
3: between Michael Neser and James Pattinson would be on the pitch, but so the pitch is absolutely bonkers and it, it gives room for the bowler. And then I would pick James Pattinson, but otherwise I would pick Michael Nesser because he's more accurate and. He has the ability to bounce out people, and then the other two seamers obviously would be Pat Cummins and Hazelwood is an absolute amazing bowler on any kind of condition, so he's a definite pick. And then with Stark and James Pattinson, it would be a little bowling lineup. And Australia also has the experience of Nathan Lyon, which is a which we should never rule out spin bowling in Test cricket because it's, at times we've seen how much an impact Nathan Lyon can do. It's going to be my the five bowlers that Australia would pick.
1: I've seen a lot of people say, Akash, that Peter Siddle should be one of the first names on the team sheet for Australia because he is, in English conditions, a little bit more attuned to just playing that Tim Murtagh role. Maybe a little bit more pace than Tim Murtagh had in that Test match against England. But the guy that lands it on a sixpence, that just nibbles it around, he's had good form for Essex this season. And maybe four years ago, when Australia were here... They learnt a little bit too late. He didn't come into the side until the last test match and then bowled really nicely. Would you take a punt on somebody like Siddle in English conditions? Edgbaston should aid a seam bowler in the same kind of mould as Chris Woakes potentially? That's a call that
3: Australian selectors would uh, certainly take in the next few days. But I, I, w- I don't think that he'd be picked in the first test, but he would be picked certainly in one of the tests. I, I certainly don't think he'll be picked in the first one because I think they'd go with James Pattinson who's just breathing fire. I think that's Kind of the X-factor that they'd be looking at. Because James Pattinson, when he's fit, he's he's a beast. But in the past, injuries have halted his career, but uh, hopefully it doesn't in this actual series and he can perform to his potential
1: are you looking to get your business in front of the cricket world join forces with the fastest growing cricket podcast on the web the cricket budget podcast brought to you in association with your business take an advert on the pod or become the headline sponsor contact us cricketbadger at hotmail.com for some very reasonable prices and joining the fun as the cricket budget podcast continues to go from strength to strength If you were listening to us, listeners, during the the World Cup, you'll know that we did a charity competition with the Paddy Power Prices off their website. We tried to predict the matches all the way through the World Cup, but we had some pre-tournament bets as well. And we had a little competition between the three of us. I won it. Hurrah! Um, And I was able to donate some money um, courtesy of the other two lads to the Alzheimer's Society. So a good cause benefited from our toils and our troubles. And we're going to do the same thing again throughout this 2019 Ashes series. And we'll start off at the very very top of the markets with well who we think is going to win it. The actual bet itself is going to be the correct score in the series. Five test match series, so obviously the permutations are wide ranging. But twenty unit to be staked on this market that you can split it across two or three different scores if you want to, or if you're absolutely convinced it's going to be a three two to England, for example, you can put all twenty on that particular bet but we'll start with you Ollie on that where do you see this series going and what will be the correct score in the series and where are your units going to go
2: I'm not entirely confident about this because of all the all the different reasons we've discussed this is actually a pretty evenly matched series but I'm back in England on home soil in home conditions uh, to start well and to carry on and win the series I've got 3-1 England and I feel like it's a pretty solid one so I'm going to stick all my units on that I think there'll be you know, the vast majority will be results pitches, some within four days. But I think, you know, whether might play a part in one test and that's where we might get a like get another result.
1: Yeah. Three one England. So three one to England, that's your prophecy. That's a seven to one shot. Now I'll just give you the shortest prices with Paddy Power. The draw at two all is thirteen to two, which obviously would mean that Australia take the ashes earn home with them. England to win three two is seven to one. Ollie's three one is seven to one. Four one to England is fifteen to two. Australia to win three one is eight to one. Australia to win three two is eight to one. England two one, twelve to one and the rest are uh, twelve to one all bigger Akash what about you where's your 20 units going to go on the correct score for the series Uh, my first 10 units would go for a draw because I think both as
3: are evenly matched not that experienced and not that in experience as well. So I think there are a lot of chances that it might be a draw. The second uh, 10 units would go for an Australia 2-1 win. So the first one is 2-2 two, two draw. Second one is Australia 2-1.
1: So a 2-2 two, two draw, 10 units at that, 13-2, at to two, and 2-1 two, to Australia? At 14-1. There seems to be a bit of a school of thought that every test match is going to be a result. And I've looked at the weather forecast for Edgebaston, for example, and it's not the best throughout that test. That can play a part. And it can obviously decimate a test match and, and create a draw purely because of the weather. I also think we're probably going to get at least one pretty flat deck during this series as well, where the batsmen, no matter what quality the bowlers are, the batsmen will prosper. So I, I think I'm going to split my stakes here between England to win 3-1 is a 7-1 to shot, and England to win 2-1 is a 12-1 to shot. So obviously there's one or two draws involved in there. I do think England win. I think we've seen in recent history that the home side does have an advantage. I think England away in Australia is a more one sided set of circumstances to the home side than Australia in England. But I think England still win this series. So three one to England for me, seven to one, and two one to England for me at twelve to one.
0: It's their badger style.
1: Series specials a whole set of specials on the paddy power market i'll give you a bit of a taster here while the, the guys find the page david warner to be the top australian series run scorer is enhanced to three to one england to win the ashes series three two or four one is a seven to two shot jason roy or johnny Berto to be the top series batsman has been taken out to five to one australia to win the ashes series by three games to two is out to ten to one ben Stokes be player of the series is a ten to one shot joff archer to be the top series wicket taker is 10 to 1. And there's a whole host of hashtag what's odds paddy selections on the site as well, which range from an 8 to 15 for neither team to score 500 runs in a single innings, all the way out to the biggest price of 33 to 1 for any Australian bowler to take a hat trick and any England bowler to take a hat trick, both 33 to 1 shots. You've got 20 units, chaps, to invest in this market. Off this page. Start with you, Ollie, because I know you're already uh, had a bit of a sniff around the, this page. Where are you going to put your 20? I'm putting up all my 20 here on
2: england to win the first test and win the series i've just got such a strong feeling about this he's 13 to 8 which isn't an amazing price but you know uh, if this comes in then it's going to be a decent little decent little earner yeah i just see us starting well at edgbaston a ground where historically we've been pretty good that's what we I mean to go on win the series
1: so yeah going all on that i'll go next to give our cash a little bit more time and i'm going to actually go with the the headline enhancements here i'm going to go with ben stokes to be player of the series. I think it's just his summer. It's just written in the stars. After what's happened to him over the previous 18 months, he's come into the World Cup. From that catch in the first game against South Africa all the way through to the final... It was a redemption story for Ben Stokes, and I think he carries that momentum and that confidence into this Ashes series. So, for him to be player of the series, I don't think he's beyond the realms of possibility. That's enhanced to 10 to 1 from 7 to 1. So, 10 of my units are going to go on that. And the other one I like is Joffrey Archer to be the top series wicket taker. That's again enhanced from 7 to 1 to 10 to 1. I'm going to put 10 units on that because I just think Joffrey Archer, again, He's a guy that's, fair enough, he's new to international cricket, but he's played franchise cricket around the world. Every time he steps up into a different format or a new challenge, he takes it to a like duck to water. It will not surprise me at all if he doesn't have a couple of spells during this test series where he completely rocks the Australians with a bit of pace and takes a few wickets. That 10-1, to 1, I think it was quite tasty to me. Akash, how about yourself? So the first, my pick would be Australia to win the series 3 2. Okay, that's 10 to 1 from 7 to 1. So that like 10 units going on that? Yes, and my second
3: would be to Steven Smith, of course, 500 plus 1, Mitchell Stark takes
1: 20 plus wickets, and also 11 series. That's 7 to 2. Fantastic stuff. So that's where your specials are going to go. Your 20 units on your specials.
0: It's that Badger style.
1: The top Australian batsmen got ten units to invest in this market. Stephen Smith's in at seven to four. David Warner's five to two. Usman Khawaja is nine to two. Marcus Harris eleven to two. Cameron Bancroft, the third returnee from Sandpapergate, is nine to one. Milos Labashane is sixteen to one. Matthew Wade twenty to one. Travis Head twenty one, and the rest are twenty five to one or bigger. And I'm going to go with Usman Khawaja, 9-2, to be the leading Australian run scorer. We've seen Stephen Smith in English conditions before. He's hopped around a little bit. He always looks nervous and frantic. In Australian conditions, when the ball doesn't do a lot, he's fine. In English conditions, if it starts to move a bit, he could be in trouble. David Warner, similarly, I think, could be inconsistent throughout this series. Usman Khawaja, he's had county form with Derbyshire and Lancashire. He takes my 10 units. Well, I would agree with you and go with Usman Khawaja, I think. Osman
3: Powell is one of the most stable batsmen in in the Australian top order and certainly he could not perform in the finals because of his uh, semi-finals because of his injury so he would want to come back and prove a point and certainly Ashes is there, he could prove prove a point uh, to the world and certainly he's in good form you've seen him play red ball cricket, white ball cricket, and he's
2: been in good form in all formats. So he's going, he's going to be the key for Australia. I'm staying clear of Smith and Warner uh, for the reasons that you said. I think they've been shown up a little bit in English conditions in the past. I'm gonna put half on Usman Khawaja. I think you two guys nailed it there. He's, he's shown himself to be a, to be a bit of a rock, and I think that. Um, I think that in this series He'll play quite a few useful knocks, And I quite like Bancroft At 9-1 to He's going to be obviously Pretty fired up After the sandpaper gate And stuff like that I actually think he's a, he's a good player And 9-1's to a good price So I'll put the other half on that And uh, and hope that he Sort of performs How he
1: can Well I don't hope that he does But for the purposes of this bet
0: It's that Badger style
1: Come back to you straight away, Ollie, with the top England series run score of The market for this one. Joe Root's 15 to 8 favourite. Johnny Bairstow, 4 to 1. Ben Stokes is 9 to 2. Jason Roy, 5 to 1. Joe Denley, or Denny, as it said on this website. Joe six Deny. To one. Again, Deny. Deny everything. Just Butler is 6 to 1. Rory Burns is in there at 8 to 1. Moen Ali, who I won't touch with a barge pole at the moment, the way he's batting, is 50 to 1. Sam Curran is 100 to 1 as is Chris Wokes. I'm
2: just putting all my 10 units on this out of a pure gut feeling. I feel like it's been his summer already and it's going to continue. I'm going to go with Ben Stokes. I think we're going to see him play up the order, if not right at the start, then we'll see him move up the order a little bit. And he's just looked class, has he? And he's sort of carried the country on his back already for a while. So why not have Super Benny Boy win us the Ashes by scoring something like 600 runs in the series?
1: Now you're a list Super Benny Boy for Oli. Cash. what about you? Well, I would uh,
3: split my stake between Johnny Besto and Josh Butler. I think both of them are capable enough to score runs. And certainly, Johnny Besto would be the key. Certainly, he is the batsman who can lift them from a situation like that, from a mess like that. And also, he is one batsman who is capable of hitting it from the first ball. So, I reckon it's going to be his summer more than anybody else. So, it's going to be oh. Tony Best. Too. And uh, Josh Butler, because Josh Butler is a clean striker of the ball. And at given any conditions, he's, he's, he can strike the ball at tremendous pace space. So I think these two would be the leading sco- scorer for me.
1: My bets are framed around the stats. And it an, was well, quite a worrying stat, to be honest. But since the start of 2018, of the players that are playing in this test match... England's averages are absolutely shocking. Joss Butler is actually the highest of uh, the English batsmen, averaging 40.78. Joe Root averages 37.35 since January 2018. Then it's Chris Wokes as 33.71. Sam Curran 31.81. Stokes is 28.92. Johnny Bairstow 26.62. Denley's 24.16. Burns is 22.28. And Moeen is 16.65. That is pretty grim as far as England's batsmen are Concerned, but it frames my bet, and I'll tell you why. Joe Root, even after a dodgy 18 months, still very high in that list of averages. He's 15 to 8 here, which is short, and I think even going up to number three, it'll give him that extra responsibility if he needs it. He's already captain, obviously. He's going to take seven of my units at 15 to 8, and then Jos Butler just read out the fact that he's actually the highest averaging England batsman since the start of 2018 six to one I agree with Akash I think I said a decent price that so he takes the remaining part of my 10 units at six to one for Joss Butler in the top England series run scorer market
0: it's that Badger style. Top Australia bowling markets.
1: Pat Cummins is nine to four favourite. Mitchell Stark is eleven to four. Josh Hazelwood is a hundred to thirty. Ninety-two for James Pattinson. Nathan Lyon eleven to two. Peter Siddle seven to one, and the rest are sixteen to one or bigger. Akash, we'll start with you on this one. I've learnt my lessons last time, and I didn't pick Mitchell Stark over Pat Cummins. So this
3: time I'm going with Mitchell Starc five units, and the other five units would be for a surprise win Pattinson. But I think his revitalized form and his comeback would certainly be a point to prove kind of thing in the CD. So my five units, other five units would be for James Pattinson.
1: I'll go next and he's going to go with Pat Cummins. He's been the best bowler for Australia, I think, for the last 18 months or so. He's played some pivotal roles in winning the matches or keeping them in matches. Well, they've experienced some tough times on the international circuit. He's 94 favourite, but he's 94 favourite for a reason, because he takes wickets. So all 10 of my units are going to go with the Aussie, Pat Cummins. Ollie, Yeah, I agree with you. All 10 of my units on Pat Cummins, like you say, favourite for a reason.
2: Fantastic. I would say, sort of test bowling-wise, head and shoulders above... The rest, really, I, I, I can just see him exploiting those pitches where there's a little bit of greenery or perhaps it's a little bit uneven bounce. And obviously, with the frailties of our top order, as we've discussed, uh, I think he'll nip in with a few damaging spells.
0: It's that badger style.
1: England's top series wicket taker. James Anderson two to one favourite. Stuart Broad's three to one. Jeff Archer is three to one. Chris Woakes ninety two. Ben Stokes thirteen to two. Moina Ali is twelve to one. Sam Curran is twenty to one. And Mark Wood, who I wouldn't touch him, listeners, to if I were you, because he's probably not going to play in the first but at least three Test matches. He's a fifty to one. He's got a side strain which he picked up during the World Cup. Let's start with you, Ollie, in this market. Where are your ten units going to go? Mark
2: Wood's going to come back and take two tenfers in the last two Tests. Uh, so um, nah, no. Nah he's not um, I'm going to go with Stuart Broad I'm going to put all my units on Stuart Broad I thought about splitting this between Stuart and Jimmy but i uh, just going to take a gamble because obviously they're, they're short odds as well for a reason both very experienced Test cricketers who've been instrumental in, in winning England games over the years I don't think Archie is that good a prize to be honest at 3-1 to one, although I've got a sneaky feeling that you're going to pick him Wokes is a decent shout at, at 92 but he hasn't always been consistent with the ball in Test cricket so I'm going to go with
1: Broad It's a worry for me but my mind is actually thinking on the same lines as you. I like Chris Wokes. I love him as a bowler. In English conditions, he's absolutely bob-on. He has to play at Lords, because if you saw his stats at Lords, they were superb. But there's a lot of people picking their 11s without Chris Wokes in at Edgbaston, which is beyond me, being my side. But I don't think he plays all five test matches, because they will ring the changes a little bit. Sam Curran will dip in and dip out of this England test team, I think, as we go through the summer. So, I'm going to avoid both of those, Wokes and Curran. I'm avoiding Ben Stokes, because his bowling is certainly not his strongest suit at the moment. Mo and Ali, for me, is a very good spinner. I think, well, I'd be surprised, actually, if moment I see this series out because of his batting form is just woeful. Joffrey Archer, I've already picked him in the other market. So to give myself a little bit of cover, I'm not going to pick him in this one. Jimmy Anderson, for me, is too short at 2-1. to one. Stuart Broad, in the ashes, is capable of having those bursts. He's probably not going to get 8-15 for 15 again like he did at Trent Bridge, but he's capable of coming on and taking 3-4 wickets and changing a session. 3-1 to one for me, all 10 units, Stuart Broad. Akash... I'm going to split it again between Stuart
3: Broad and Chris Woakes because Stuart Broad is, is a champion. He, he can do wonders in just one session. First pick would be Stuart Broad at 3-1 uh, to and my second pick would be Chris Woakes at 9-2 because I think Chris Woakes has improved as an all-rounder over the course of the last 24 to 36 months and this is the series that he can prove his worth and he has a tendency to swing the ball and team it as well so it would be a series for him to reckon and he would certainly uh, get in two or three games to prove his point so my pick would
1: be both Chris Wokes and Stuart Broad. If you listen to that one listeners James Anderson is the one to lump on because none of us touched him with a barge bowl. 2-1 <laughs> favourite in that market he has to be the pick.
0: It's that Badger style
1: player of the series the man of the series as we go through to the fifth test match james anderson he's 11 to 2 favorite steve smith 6 to 1 joe Root 7 to 1 ben stokes is 8 to 1 as is mitchell stark david warner is 10 to 1 Stuart broad pat cummins are 14 to 1 Jofra archer is 16 to 1 so is josh hazelwood johnny best those so 20s as is rory burns as is jason roy as is chris wokes as is sam curran as is Usman Kawaja, as is Nathan Lyon, as is Peter Siddle, Joss Butler, Moeen Ali, Cameron Bancroft, Marcus Harris, James Pattinson are twenty five to one and the rest are thirty-three to one or bigger. I'll go first in this market. I've already had that little bit of a, a sniff on the special on Ben Stokes to be the player of the series. So I'm going to avoid him in this one as well, because there's no point in putting two lots of stakes on Ben Stokes. We do have twenty units to stake in this market, so we can split across as many as three people. I think because I didn't pick him to be the leading English bowler I'm going to take Jim, James Anderson with 10 of my units at 11-2 to 2, because he is quality the Australians are scared of him he can move the ball beautifully he has it on a string he knows exactly what he's doing probably going to be his last Ashes series he could go out with a bang 11-2 to 2 for Jimmy Anderson to be the player of the series isn't the daftest bet in the world I'm going to put five on Joe Root at 7-1 because he could score a hatful of runs. It usually goes to a player in the winning side. And as I think England will win, Jamie Anderson, Joe Root are both Englishmen in this market. And Jofra Archer, just to finish his, his summer off, I, I loved it the other day. I saw him interviewed and they asked him the question, what's been your favourite moment of the summer, Joffre? And they were anticipating that he was going to say something in the World Cup, the final, bowling that last over, doing something. And he said, it was getting my first cap for England against Ireland in an ODI. I just thought that was a cracking answer, because it was totally unexpected. It was just him saying, get the ability, the, the honour of playing for England was his highlight of this summer. Despite holding that World Cup, despite the ashes to come, that was his moment of the summer. I just think he's a cracking bloke. So Joffre Darmus, with his predictions on Twitter, 60 to 1 gets my other 5. So split between 10 on Anderson, 5 on Root and 5 on Joffrey Archer. Akash? A split between Usman kawaja So my 10 units would be on Usman kawaja
3: My 5 units would be on Chris Wolk and my last 5 units would be on David Warner.
2: And Ollie. I'm going to put 10 on Jo Root. I'm going to put Ken on Ben Stokes as well. Split it between those two. Um, obviously, I've picked Ben Stokes to be the leading run scorer, but kind of hedging my bets a little bit with that. If Root can obviously captain the side to get in the earned back and uh, in the process rack up a load of runs, then there's
1: every chance that it could be him. So yeah, I'll split between them two. So Joe Root at 7-1 and Ben Stokes at 8-1. to one. So that concludes our pre-tournament unit stakes.
0: It's that Badger style.
1: All that leaves us chaps is to go into the first test and have a look at what the prices are there we've got 10 units to stake on the outright market who is going to win it whether it's going to be england australia or the draw and then we have 10 units to invest in the match markets, leading run scorers, man of the match, all those kind of bets as well. England go into the first Test match at 10-11 to 11 to win it. The draw is 11-2. to two. And Australia are 6-4. to four. Let's start with those markets. Start with you, cash. Where's your 10 units going to go there? What result are we going to see at Edgbuston? I think it's going to be a draw. I would be criticised
3: for it, but I think uh, both sides would be cautious going in the first Test with the Test Championship starting this series. So I think it would be a draw.
2: Yeah, it's a difficult one to call. I'm tempted by the price on the draw for this uh, because of the weather. It's, it's pretty certain to rain Saturday, Sunday, Monday at the moment. But I'm going to assume that we get enough playing uh, and I'm going to go with England at 10 to 11.
1: It's tougher this than the World Cup, isn't it, because we've got three permutations and the weather does play a big part in this one. Uh, we couldn't mm. obviously bet on the draw in the World Cup. I do see this as being a draw. I mean, Edgbaston usually... Plays into the hands of England because it's you know good crowd, boisterous crowd, and if they get on the park, it's a track that England likes to play on. But I'm with Akash. I think my ten units goes on the eleven to two for the draw because I think with the rain around and um, the potential for the, each team to want to ease themselves into the series, and not take too many risks and give anything away early. I think the draw at eleven to two is a very, very nice price.
0: It's that Badger style,
1: right, and chaps, That just leaves us for this. First Ashes Cricket Badger Podcast. We've got ten units left. You've got the top run scorer for England, you've got the top Australian run scorer markets, you've got the, the man of the match markets here to go at with your uh, your bets. For England, Joe Root is eleven to four to top the scoring, Jason Roy's four to one, Joe Denny's four to one, Ben Stokes is ninety-two, Rory Burns ninety-two. Joss Butler at 11-2, and the rest are bigger. For Australia, Steve Smith leads the market at 13-5. David Warner's 13-5-2. To to Marcus Harris and Cameron Bancroft. And Usman Khawaja are 4-1 shots. Manus Labashani is 9-2, and Travis Head 6-1. In the Man of the Match markets, Joffrey Archer is 12-1. Jason Roy is 9-1, 16-1 for Joss Butler. Joe Root's 13-2. Johnny is 12-1. Ben Stokes is in there at 8-1. 14-1 to 1 for Jimmy Anderson. Plenty of choices there. Start with you, Ollie. You've got, as I say, 10 units to have a go at. You can split it across the run-scorer markets and the man-of-the-match markets. How are you going to divide your stakes up?
2: This is a tough one, um, obviously. With it being a first test, it makes it even more difficult. I'm just going to go with um, man-of-the-match on this one straight up and put all my unit on uh, Stuart Broad. At 16 to one, I think this could be sort of the game where, he, if the conditions are right, especially you know that first morning, he could, yeah, he could fire into the Aussies nice and early, rack up a few wickets, and and. Uh, yeah, it could be match-winning spell in both innings from him, and also quite like the price at sixteen to one. So I'm just I'm just going to go with him, but it's it's hard to call because nobody really knows how the first test is going to play out. As mentioned, both teams might want to play themselves into it a little bit.
1: I'm going to put five of my ten on Usman Khawaja to be the top Australian run scorer at Edgbaston. He's a four to one shot there, and the other five I'm going to put into the man of the match markets. We're going, going to split it between Stuart Broad. I'm going to put two of my units on Stuart Broad at sixteen to one. I'm going to put the other. Th- Three of my units on Joe Root 13-2 to two.
3: Akash Split it between uh, two segments the first one being David Warner the highest run
1: scorer second would be man of the match for Chris Wolf. David Warner 13-5 five for five units for you and the man of the match Mark it's Chris Wokes to be the man of the match at his home track because he was in the semi final against Australia wasn't he in the World Cup to do that again he's a 20-1 to one shot there for your other five units
0: It's that Badger style
1: Fantastic, isn't it? The Ashes. There is so much to look forward to over the next few weeks. Ollie, some closing thoughts from you before we we go this week. How excited are you about the prospect of this getting underway? Absolutely buzzing, yeah. Can't wait for it. It's kind
2: of ramped up even more so with what's happened in the World Cup. I feel like the whole nation's behind the lads to, to reclaim the urn. And yeah, let's send them on crying. <laughs>
1: Oh, end on a nice note <laughs> On a nice Sporting <laughs> note And Akash It's a, it's a mouth-watering Few weeks isn't it
3: To look forward to it, It's certainly A mouth-watering uh, Few weeks And uh, I think For the first time As I already, I already have said It's going to be a close contest between the two sides, and it's going to be exciting because it's the start of the next phase. We see the Test Championship going to start with this series, so it's going to be a new era, I could say, for the Test format. So I think that's a good sign
1: that we're seeing Test Match being rebranded, so it's going to be a good few weeks. I saw Virat Kohli say this morning that he thought that every session of Test Match cricket is going to mean something now. I think you can agree with everything that Varek Collie says there, but I think the Ashes was always going to mean something. Every session, every single hour, every single ball of the coming series will mean something between England versus Australia. It always does. It's a series where Dreams are made, legends are made Stories are told for years and years and years I can't wait for it to get cracking If you follow us with any of the bets that we put up Gamble responsibly, gamble for fun Don't gamble to lose your house And enjoy the next few weeks Because England against Australia Does not come around every single week We've had the Cricket World Cup We've now got the Ashes It's a fantastic summer of sport Join us next week Where we go through what we've put up so far See how we're doing And we'll put up the bets for the second test as well But until then, enjoy your cricket Okay, enjoy that first test match, and we'll see you soon.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.